Hey, welcome into the Grabbing the Brisket podcast. Hey, we got a fun one planned for you guys today. Um, we got Aaron Leslie from Texas Old Dust. This guy has been blazing up and down the trails, doing competition cooking, and just kicking ass everywhere he goes. Not to mention, he has a full line of rubs, sauces that he's utilizing to kick everybody at asses, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, it's a good guy to have on. We're going to pick his brain. Yeah, yeah. There's probably about half a dozen guys right now on this, or at least at least in the IBCA and the, the CBA where we're doing it, that when you see them show up, you're like, shit. Yeah. He's, he's definitely one of those guys. Definitely. And this is grabbing the brisket, guys. Hey, how's everybody's week been? It's been good, man. Yeah, it's been exciting. Exciting weeks. Well, Jan, uh, I know you just got back from... Your exciting trip from what, Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. Nash Bourbon Street, Nash yeah. Bourbon, Nash Vegas, Nashville. It's a little crazy. Yeah, I, we, had, we had a good time. Yeah, I imagine you probably didn't drink too much while you were up there, right? I I ran with the big dogs. Yeah. Did it you was, Did you have any barbecue while you were there? No, I had some Nashville hot chicken though. Oh yeah. Burn, was it as hot as they say it I, is? It'll burn you up. <laughs> it will burn you up, and it's sneaky hot. It's not like. Like, you didn't smell like it's going to be hot, but you eat and you're like, oh, it's a little sweet, a little, like, not a whole lot of flavor. And all of a sudden, you're just melting down. Mm-hmm. So, it was good. It was a good experience. 21st birthday for my daughter. Uh, happy 21st birthday to her. So, uh, it was it was pretty cool hanging out with, with her and uh, celebrating her, her 21st. So. Nice. Sounds like a blast. It was. It was. All right. I got a little story. Uh, the other night. I'm, uh, I'm letting my dogs in in the backyard, letting them in the house. And as we're walking in the door, I notice, like, right as we're walking up to the door, to the left of the door is a uh, about a little two-inch green frog on the wall, like one of those little tree frogs like you see in the National right. Geographic. Like little Kermit. Uh, just like that. Well, unfortunately, Hank also sees the frog. And it's right when I'm opening the door. This, this son-of-a-bitch frog jumps right into my house mm. and I see him go under the, under the under the couch which is right kind of by the door and I'm I'm like what the fuck you know god damn it Hank you stupid son of a dog and I drag him in and I'm I'm just losing my stuff uh, get him put away and I'm I'm calling my sons my eight-year-old and my 15 year old down you know come and help me we got to get this frog out of here <laughs> and by the time by the time they come down I've I've flipped our couch over uh, upside down in the living room and we can't find it we're like where is this damn frog like it's got to be around here I'm, I'm banging on the couch and you know we had like a game board under the couch and moving so that like, out of the it's way like griswold where he's like attached to your back or something <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> something like that yes it's definitely out of a comedy i, I have issues i just thought i've come to realize with this and finally we realized it's on the wall in the house like down by one of their little receptacles and i'm like okay cool we found it we found it luke grab the frog my 15-year-old, he's looking at me like, no, I'm not grabbing the frog. Like, I've, I've done damage to my, you my kids. The, you put the fear of frog in them. All of my yeah. kids. By the way, this story makes a lot more sense if you realize that John is deathly afraid of frogs. I have issues, okay. I'm <laughs> telling you. Yeah. So Luke's like, no, I'm not getting the frog. Maddox, who, you know, he plays with, with Matt's son, and they play with frogs or whatever. He's, he's, no, I'm not getting the frog. I'm like, 20 bucks. I'll give you 20 bucks. Just grab the frog. They won't do it. Finally, I go get a bucket. Cambro, thank you, Cambro. And I'm going to go like put the bucket over the frog. I can't do it. I won't do it. It's on the wall. All I gotta do is put the frog you put the, the bucket over it, right? And then move around a little and he'll he'll No, it didn't happen. Luke, nope, I'm not doing it. Maddox, I'm not doing it. Finally my wife, who I'm not gonna go into detail, just had a procedure 
comes out and puts the bucket over the frog for us. Yeah. It's super embarrassing. I'm like, okay, I'll take it from here. So I, I grab the bucket and I'm holding it up against the wall, right? Because the frog's still on the wall. He's not getting in the bucket. <laughs> well, I'm trying to slide the lid to the Cambro bucket over the top of it in between there. And that frog is like, just waiting. He starts trying. I'm telling you, when I screamed at the top of my lungs, like a little girl, because that frog almost got out. And then I just shook the shit out of the bucket till it fell in and put the lid on it and just screaming, open the door. Like, right. like I had a grenade in my hand. And they, they eventually did, and I threw the bucket out in the yard. Just bucket and everything. It was very embarrassing, wow. <laughs> and my wife is laughing her ass off, and I turn around when I walk inside, and the couch is upside down. The, the lamp and the tables are pushed over to the side. It's just, it was... You don't have to have cameras inside, do you? I'm just saying, like, if this were on video, this <laughs> would win us a lot of money on one of them funniest home video things, because it was... It was a scene. Yeah, it was def- something. Definitely like, uh, what is it? Uh, ridiculousness. I guess that's the new America's most funniest home videos or whatever. Yeah. Oh, with Rob uh, Deerdick. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it was embarrassing, and I've I've come to the conclusion I've screwed up my kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Hey, coming to the theater near you, it's going to be frognophobia. Uh, <laughs> I, I James, just, I can just imagine John as a little baby, just in his crib, and just some frog just randomly jumped, jumped on his chest. Yeah, it just jumped on his from leg. that day forward. And he's, he's like just crawling been... forward. There's a story like, behind uh, why I don't like frogs. I'm sure I've told it on the show before. Yeah, so I won't go yeah. into that, but I have my reasons. Well, but I, it's still issues. Why don't we ask Aaron? Yeah, what he say, that's about. a perfect segue to have our guest enter. So. See, see what he thinks about frogs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's get him on here. Yeah, we've yeah. got him queued up here. With the magic of television, we're able to teleport him in right away. Go, John. Hello, Aaron. Can you hear us? Yeah, there you are. Hey, brother, thank you so much for hanging on. Uh, John is, uh, for the money we pay him, we're not getting our money's worth <laughs> with the amount of production that he's been putting forth here. But uh, hey, We're going to have to sit down and have that talk, right? Well, it's uncomfortable, but yes, we're going to have to have that talk. Man, so I know that high pay salary is, you know, and sometimes it, you just have to have that talk. It is, you know, and it, uh, money is one way of paying people. I, right. I think John's form of payment has been more towards just do all the work and shut the hell up. Right. right. Okay. Occasional cord light. <laughs> so I think right now he's working on the beer, so that that's taking first. Uh, that that's up front, <laughs> stage and center right now. But I think he's got it. We're good to go. Yeah. Uh, you Heck missed yeah. you Heck missed yeah. a part. So James did an intro uh, just a few minutes ago, um, and he's kind of talked to you talked to you into it. Uh, so I, I don't I don't I, you didn't, you didn't get to hear all the nice things he said about you. So you'll have to listen to the podcast to hear. Yeah, because we ain't gonna say it again. We can't say it again. We already said <laughs> don't it. Do once. that on purpose. Right. Right. Don't do that on purpose. Right. Right. I mean, I've been I've been on since since seven forty. We, we you know, I'm waiting to come in. You know? We <laughs> saw you actually, and John he couldn't get the damn thing booted up. So you you think after two years of doing this, we know how to. I, you know what? Let's not talk about that. Let's just get into who's this. in charge of that IT department. Right? I know it. Right. I know it. John is. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 outsourced it. <laughs> department of one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey man, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll say it one well, more time. We've got Aaron Leslie and from Texas Oil Dust, and man, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk barbecue with us. I appreciate you guys inviting me. That uh, you know, I feel honored. I, you know, when I seen you in Austin, uh, I was tickled pink just to uh, come over and shake your hand and, and introduce myself because uh, I watch you guys on TikTok all the time, and 
Um, I love the whole back and forth pellet grill offset smoker, you know, wood burning <laughs> pellets. Uh, it just it, it, it makes me laugh. Um, and you guys have a very big following. Um, and so, I mean, just as a person getting into TikTok about, you know, three, four months ago, uh, I think it's, yeah, I saw that and I, was, I saw you guys at, uh, at the Austin uh, rodeo. And I just thought, man, I got to meet these guys and, and talk to them, you know? Oh, we appreciate it. And it, it's, uh, also right back at you, bro, because uh, we, we followed uh, your career along with uh, a lot of the other cooks that were out there competing at, at Austin Rodeo. And we got to meet uh, to I, I mean, you came over and I was like, holy shit, that's Aaron Leslie with Texas Oil Dust. <laughs> and uh, and then all of a sudden we, we whatever. We, yeah. No, hey, I, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I mean, I was like I, and I I told these guys, I was like, I mean, this is this is badass. And so. Uh, I'm really uh, happy uh, that uh, you two, uh, you and John, were able to work out a time for you to come on this podcast, so we can yeah. shoot a little shit. Oh man, I'm in. I'm in. That uh, I mean, I've only got one video. It's like four million views. You guys got like tons, tons of things out there that are, you know, they're there for a guy who does it by himself, um, day in and day out. It's it's uh, it's cool to be able to uh, you know, to to meet to meet guys in a different universe. Oh yeah. Um, you know, cause I'm a competition guy. So but at the same time I'm in the restaurant industry and, you know, to try to mix those two worlds, it's, it gets a little difficult. So, um, it's good to talk to somebody outside that genre. Um, that's just on an everyday basis. No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. If you don't mind, uh, can, can you kind of, cause, cause we all, we all are fans. Everybody here at this table is, 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 is a fan of yours. Uh, but if you don't mind, can, can you kind of give us, or just just our listeners a, a little backdrop of, of kind of how you got into barbecue and really what I know you got the, the Texas old dust seasonings and, and things and that but you're not defined by that one thing right you're not defined by like by by competition barbecue either right so uh, but oh if, yeah if, if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us a little back backstory there yeah no problem no problem so you know um, so just to to mention you know I mean Daniel Vaughn when we I did an interview with him you know about three weeks ago and. Um, you know, he was asking me, hey, you know, where'd you grow up eating barbecue? Uh, that was his one question to me to try to define who I was and where I came from. Uh, most guys you talk to, you know, they, they grew up in clean or they grew up in Central Texas and uh, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth. And so they have a, ba- a barbecue background, either going to restaurants or, you know, going to barbecue crawls, that kind of stuff, or just hanging out in the backyard with a lot of guys. Unfortunately, I'm from a West Texas town, Midland, Texas. Um you know, it's an oil filled town. You know, we, we thrive on oil, uh, oil and gas. If you don't, uh, you know, if we're not drilling, uh, we ain't working. Um, so growing up, uh, my grandfather, you know, he was a, a firefighter, uh, retired from the uh, army. And, uh, my uncle was retired from the air force and we had a really tight knit close family. So I learned to grill and, and barbecue in the backyard. Um, you know, his idea of a chicken, when a, when a, when a chicken leg on, or a thigh was cooked, uh, you twisted a bone, you know, so son, here it is, you know, this, this, this hot chicken is sitting here when you can twist that bone, that chicken's done. I said, okay, great. You know, it's an old gas grill converted into a charcoal pit. Um, and so over time, small things, you know, cooking brisket in the backyard on a 55 gallon barrel turned sideways, um, you know, cooking chicken and steaks on the, on the backyard pit. Um, over time I developed a, a want and a learning for, for cooking. Um, my grandmother, you know, she's five foot tall, 
uh, bless her heart. You know, she passed away on us about six, eight years ago, and she taught me how to cook just comfort food, just things that um, that tasted good on Sunday afternoon and, and dinner, you know, spaghetti and chicken fried steak and round steak and just the things you eat on a low budget for a big family. Um, so <clears throat> my background is eating. I, of course, you guys have seen me in person, so I'm, I haven't shied away from too many meals. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I have a I have a want to learn to cook from my grandparents who cook just good, wholesome food on a low budget. And um, in high school, I wanted to be a chef. So I, my school that I went to here outside of Midland gave me a, um, an opportunity to be a culinary student with a home ec teacher, which was up her alley. We did French, we did American, we did different types of cuisines. Um, and over time, I kept cooking and cooking and cooking until probably 2011 or 12, um, man, I got, I got the opportunity to, uh, I had a barbecue pit that I'd built, uh, out of some old oil field casing. I was a drilling superintendent for an oil company here in Midland. And, um, they said, Hey man, we need somebody can cook some steaks on a location one day for about 35, 40 guys. And we can't find anybody that can do it. So I said, oh, you know, I got an old trailer pit out there I built and, uh, you know, you get to meet and I'll season them up and we'll just get some old mesquite wood going and, uh, we'll do some grilling, and sure enough, that turned into that th- that forty states that I did on a Tuesday on my day off turned into five hundred a week. Oh come on, man! Um, I'm, I'm telling you, within within a month and a half, uh, the company loved it. So my company that we were doing this as a bonus program, they said, Aaron, that was one of the best steaks we ever had. I said, man, I just cooked it on the backyard. I just like a backyard over mesquite, you know, I just burned a bunch of mesquite charcoal, threw some mesquite longs in. And, uh, you know, we did 40 on a Tuesday and two weeks later they said, Hey, can you do that again? I said, yeah, no problem. Um, so we did 45 and then the next day I came back on my day cause I worked 14 on seven off. Anybody with an oil field relation, uh, knows we all have a schedule out here, uh, in West Texas or anywhere on the rigs. And uh, I did 45 one day, and then the next day I did another 40. And then a couple weeks later, he's like, hey, um, any way you can do that again in two weeks? I said, yeah. So I did it again, except for I did all my full days off, and I did 150, then 200. And then within the next, within roughly two months of starting that, on my days off, I was up to 500 ribeyes a week. Um, Now, if you imagine cooking 500 ribeyes a week, you have to, uh, it takes a lot of seasoning. I was buying Chupacabra. I was buying anything that HEB carried on the shelf. I grabbed a bottle here, bottle there, bottle here. I just kept shaking it on there and cooking it. But all the time, the fuel source stayed the same. Kingsford Blue Bag with uh, mesquite, uh, with, you know, mesquite uh, half splits in there. Yep. And, um, man, that's just a great flavor. So <laughs> we've done this. I hired my father-in-law and my daughter's boyfriend at the time. And I said, look, I'll give you a job. I'll pay you X amount of money a week. I'll give you a one-ton truck. You got to haul this pit. We threw an ice chest, threw some other stuff around, got some uh, clamshells, and I made banana pudding, my wife's banana pudding. We made mashed potatoes. And we took that whole steak deal to a full steak and bake. And um, I put those guys to work for two and a half years. We averaged between four fifty, I said between four and seven hundred ribeyes, inch and a half ribeyes a week, and um, I was doing frat jobs for ninety to one hundred and twenty people a day. 
Um, we, we, we kind of branched off to catfish and, you know, Mexican food and fajitas. But all in all, we had, I mean, the seasoning was expensive. It, I mean, it was just, I mean, that's a, that's one of those things that, you know, you just look at, you're like, man, this cost me 30 bucks a, a week, maybe 40 bucks a week, you know, just in seasoning. So I went to the drawing board one day and we made uh, what is all dust now my all purpose rub. Uh, we called the steak season back then because that's all I was cooking with steaks. And uh, we spent about three months uh, making a gallon a week. I made a gallon of rub a week and we tasted it and we, we liked it. So we ran it. Little salty, so we backed off the salt, add a little garlic, touch of onion. Uh, you know, we add, we just tweaked it over about a three-month period. And what you buy in the bottle now is old dust all-purpose. That was what I was using after about three months of doing the, uh, you know, doing the steak caterings every day. So, uh, man, that's my, my – I got started as a catering slash uh, just a barbecue cook doing multiple things in the middle of a cleachy pad out in the middle of a pasture – hundred miles away from the closest town, uh, feeding, you know, 30, 50, 70, you know, 120 guys a day, just depending on, you know, how many rigs you had. And I hired, you know, my, my family worked for me and man, we just took off from there. Um, I I love that. I made all my stuff out of necessity. Yeah. I I love how simple, a very simple, you know, your, your boss coming to you and say, Hey, can, can you, Hey, can you cook 40 steaks? You're like, yeah, no problem. And it's just, it's, it's that domino effect that, that you do it, and, and, and you're doing it the way that you would like to eat that steak in the backyard, right? I, again, it's a backyard sure. steak. But to think about it, every time that I want to eat a steak at a restaurant, I remember the steak that I make at home, and it never compares the one. The one I order in the restaurant is never good enough. You know what I mean? It's always lacking something. Oh, I, I, it's overcooked. Or I it's eat just, a steak. Yeah. Every town that I go to, it doesn't matter if I'm competing if I'm on, I'm taking a barbecue class or say I just go out of town just to visit with a family and we just go on vacation at least one night at whatever we go to, I'll, I'll Google, I'll ask, I'll do whatever, say, Hey, what's the best steak in town? Um, and at least one night of the, of wherever we're out of town at, I will have a steak. I just want to see what's out there. I want yeah. to see what flavors are going on. How are they cooking it? Are they doing a marinade? They're doing a dry rub. You can taste those things. You can taste those marinades. And, and uh, I just want to see, am I missing something? Is there something I can do to uh, tweak, um, add to, you know, and, and that's what I'm looking for. So I'm, I'm constantly eating a ribeye. And so far, salt lick, uh, not salt lick, I'm sorry, salt grass um, has probably been the best commercial restaurant steak that's pretty much the same everywhere you go that's got all the kind of like dot the T's cross the I's, yeah. you know, that little char, that little salt. That's a little seasoning, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've been to a lot of them, um, and that's probably the best one that's had the most flavor punch. I um, I, I agree with that's you. That's what I do. Yeah, so they use that saltgrass. Saltgrass has their own seasoning, right? It's at, at seven. Mm-hmm. There's like seven ingredients yeah. that can make, make it up. So th- they use that, and I, I, I really agree with you. But, you know, when you it's funny. When you ask that question, when you go into a new town and say, hey, what's the best place to get a steak around here? Most of the time, I have to qualify that and say, "Look, I'm not saying the most expensive place. What's the best steak, right? Because people people uh-huh. want to say, oh, the best place is this 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 high dollar, whatever it is, right? But in reality, it, it could be this little bitty this little bitty diner, you know, it, that seats yeah. 60 people. That could be the best place in town. That you're like, no, give me the hole in wall, give me the best steak uh, in in town, but. 
I guess if we were in that area, I guess it would be you, right? I mean, uh, you, you turned 40, 40 stakes into a complete business in, uh, within a month, you know? That's that whole – What's whole funny is that, that steak that I, that I, that I cook <laughs> – a steak that I cook it for a catering is the same one I compete in, and it's won, you know, 150 team cookoffs. It's won 80 team cookoffs. It's won 60 team cookoffs. I mean, it just I use it because it's flavor. It's just, it's the taste, you know. It's it's it brings the, uh, my steak is a 1940s nostalgia steak. It's going to give you that little char, that little beef, that little bit of sweet, that just that little bit that your grandfather would have just wanted to go eat out in, you know. So dress up in a penguin suit and take grandma out and, and do that. So, I mean, that's the kind of steak that I have because I bring nostalgia to the table. I don't bring uh, new flair and flame. I bring, I bring, you know, I bring 60 years of thought into my steak. Nice. So I like that. I know at the, uh, the Austin Rodeo Cook-Off, I believe you placed, I don't remember exactly what, but I believe you placed in the open. Is that right? Yeah, I had a seventh brisket that day. Oh, in the open. Yes, yes. I yeah. Had a, uh, was that I had your steak? Rib. Oh, it was a beef rib. Okay, I was no, wondering if you did your steak. No, there. yeah. <laughs> no, I did a three bone uh, chuck. Uh, I'm sorry, I did a four bone chuck, uh, trimmed. You know, you always four bones. You got to get roughly three bones of good meat, and uh, I trimmed the outer two bones off, squared it off, put it at an angle, and I stuck mashed potatoes and uh, bacon wrapped shrimp in there. That sounds pretty damn, damn good. Freaking hungry <laughs> I, I'm, now. I'm a big fan it's of beef nine, ribs. So. It's about a nine-pound box when I was done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we had a good walk with that. Uh, did, did you throw what, your – We have 180 teams. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was quite a few people out there. But uh, did you have your seasoning on those beef ribs? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I cooked, the, I cooked the beef ribs the same exact way I cooked my steak. Mm. And um, so it was the same flavor, just a lot of – you know, just like brisket on a stick. I mean – yeah, you can't go wrong with a good beef rib and, and um, especially a good chuck rib. And uh, that was a Wagyu chuck rib from Middle Meat Company. And uh, I cooked it the same exact way, except it's got a little bit of my barbecue sauce on the top. Ah. Hmm. I can't remember what we did on the open. What did we do? Was it a steak? I think we did a steak. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did not get a walk. So yeah. uh, <laughs> next time we're going to do a, a beef rib with some mashed potatoes and some bacon wrapped shrimp. Maybe a little right. barbecue <laughs> sauce. Well, I'll be <laughs> honest. I mean, say you have 120 teams out of 180 turning a, a, an open category. Uh, 60% of those guys are going to turn in some kind of a steak protein. Um, you know, some of those guys are going to turn in something fancy. They're going to turn in something a little different. Um, so what I try to do is I try to turn a beef related item, but I just don't want to turn it in steak because a lot of other people are doing it. I want you to say, damn, that's different, you know? And right. so, um, you know, Phil, you know, he did a surfing turf, um, and he won it. Um, I mean, you want to think outside the box a little bit, but steak is always that go-to protein that everybody does for an open because everybody loves steak. But sometimes, you know, you want a meal in a box and a little surfing turf with a little mashed potatoes, the garlic mashed potatoes in there. Uh, was my thought, you know, and I was like, ah, I got nothing to lose. It wasn't 50 bucks or something to turn in. So, right. um, I mean, it wasn't a big deal, but, you know, still got to walk and uh, got some recognition. So I'm happy with it. Yeah. Aaron, what, what is the weirdest turn in you've done? Open category. I say weirdest. <laughs> <laughs> Most non-traditional. <laughs> Most non-traditional. So, man, I'm pretty, I'm pretty set on my turn in boxes. Um, I'm trying to think, man, because I stay, I'm pretty much 
by the book. Um, I don't screw with perfection. And um, I want to say, though, probably if I was going to say, if I ever turned in something completely different or just, you know, randomly selected something, you know, I turned in, um, I did a fried spam one time. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and I, I'm a, I, I hated spam growing up because we were so broke. Uh, that was the only thing my mom could afford. And, oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, so, but I learned to eat it. And now, uh, potted meat, spam, man, I can, I can tear it up. So I want, I did a, um, I did a spam turn in, um, threw some cheese on it. And, and I think, you know, some crackers and kind of like a little bougie charcuterie board, but I did some spam and crackers and a little cheese and everything. And uh, a little bit of a drizzle of sauce. Um, I didn't walk. But I don't know how good it placed either. You know, I mean, there was probably 30, 40 teams. I just, I, I think I reached one day, I reached up in the cabinet and I found a couple of things that, right. <laughs> uh, that were there. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's $25. I need someone. Can you please enter? Yeah, yeah, we can enter. And uh, I just pulled some stuff out of the cabinet. Right. And here we are. You, you know, know I, MacGyver. I don't know how here. I did, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably eleven. Uh, I'm pretty much, yeah, right. I'm pretty much a steak and shrimp guy, uh, but I've I've won a ton with my bacon wrapped shrimp only. Um, so I've got a I, we call it spam and crackers because people ask you, hey man, what you cook? I don't want to tell them I cooked the bacon wrapped shrimp. Then I have a very spe- I have a very particular bacon wrapped shrimp with a lot of flavor going on and a lot of additives that are in there. Um, I've won. I don't know. I probably entered it 30 times. I probably got 20 first place with it. Um, but, you know, I stick to those. I stick to that kind of that same thing all the time because I know it wins and I want to make money. Um, and so that's kind of my deal. But I did turn in that spam and crackers one time just by saying the name. Everybody's asking, you know, I just told me I spam and crackers because I did do that at one at one point. And, um, everybody now, when if you ever see a hashtag, it's family crackers. That's been my bacon wrapped shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> How did you say you? Uh, what was the recipe for that bacon wrapped shrimp? Yeah, yeah. We ain't gonna tell nobody. Some of that. Some of this. Some of that. Ain't tell nobody uh, else. And wrap it. And wrap it like this right here. You, are you, can you see my hands? Yeah. Just wrap mm-hmm. it like this. It. He's like, put this on it right here. <laughs> this is the secret <laughs> stuff. Uh. So, I, I mean, let's get into, uh, what about the very first cook-off that you ever done? Uh, did you just go right off the bat, just like winning and just hooked? Oh. Or was it was it a little bit of a struggle? I, it was a huge struggle. Um, I didn't know what a barbecue cook-off was in 2011, 12, or 13. I built my barbecue pit. My brother-in-law said, hey, why don't you build a barbecue pit and uh, let's go do some cook-offs. I said, well, what's a cook-off? Oh man, we we you know we show up on a on a on a Friday night. We we drink and we turn in some bar brisket and chicken. So I'm I'm like okay, I got you. You know, so over about three months, I just built my shop and I I welded me up a single axle trailer. It had two 20 inch uh, tubes on it, and I, I built a double firebox. Basically, it was like one big four foot firebox with a splitter in the middle and two doors. I researched it. You know, I did everything the right way. I did the calculator and. I just tried all kinds of stuff. So we went, I didn't know what one was. And my brother-in-law said, Hey, we're cooking out here. My wife said, come on by. And he won a first place chicken paid 800 bucks. Hmm. And I said, you made you made 800 bucks on that half a chicken. He goes, yeah, yeah, man. I said, it must've been pretty good. And he goes, yeah, man, it's, it's wonderful. You know? And 
So about three months later, he did it again and had a first place rib. And I said, are you really seriously telling me you're cooking this barbecue for money? And he goes, yeah. He said, let's do one together. So I took my pit and went to a cook-off in Midland. Um, I can't remember if it was the breast cancer awareness cook-off in, in uh, 14 or 13, I mean, or if it was a, if it was a country music fest, but I'm going to tell you, I wore myself out. I was watching the fire, cracking the door, pumping the dampener, opening the stack, closing the stack, <laughs> going back from the front to the back and trying to keep that gauge at 250, you know, and not let it go up, not let it go down. And I put every seasoning you could think of. I had my stuff on there, Tony Sashery's garlic powder, salt, pepper. <laughs> Man, it was bad. It was real bad. My family ate it, and they were very good. They said, man, this is great stuff. And for eight or nine cook-offs, I didn't get out of my chair. I didn't walk. And this is over a three-year period. So 13 to 15, I probably did 10 cook-offs total with the family. There would be like 30 or 40 of us come out, a couple of barbecue pits, and we would just turn the entries in, but we would drink and party. The kids would play, and we just had a family reunion every time we did one um and no i did not come out the gate i had not a clue what i was doing i watched videos and man i, I made my own injection that's where my injection came from i made my own injection uh, you know broth and beef bouillon and this and that and then i i've tried butcher paper i tried foil i tried pans and uh man it was a uh, i gave up um I was like, you know what, well, this is costing a lot of money for a lot of fun, but I can go to the Riverwalk or Six Flags and take the kids and spend as much money as this and have a lot more fun. So um, I kind of got some videos one day online, and I watched them, and I put my laptop up there, and um, I, I, I followed the I followed Cosmo's DVD recipes oh, yeah. to the T. Yep. Uh, I think he got like four videos for $99. Yeah, and uh, I bought all of his product, and I ran it in my first cook-off in Levelandsville State Championship cook-off, and my laptop. I'm in my. I'm, I'm, I'm tailgating right. I'm, I'm sleeping in my front seat of my pickup. I've got my pit and a canopy, and man, I'm set up. I'm watching those videos, and as I'm trimming and I'm doing my stuff at home, I'm watching them, and then I'm cooking and I'm watching them, and then I go to bed in the front seat of my pickup. I wake up at five. Brisket's going, you know, and I'm doing this stuff, and I reserved that that day. I got my first reserve grand, and I was I was so happy, I was excited, and from there on, I haven't looked back. Hooks. It's just been constant, constant, constant weekend. So yeah, um, I started out the gate slow, spent a lot of money, and then I turned it around one day, and then when I realized what was going on, then I was like, okay. Well, we can kind of we can kind of swing this and uh, started hitting some big cookoffs, started winning some big cookoffs, and then it just uh, slowly steamrolled, you know, to where I started points chasing in nineteen, and um, you know, it was number two in IBCA in nineteen, and then like sixth overall in twenty, and then you know, just started qualifying for the Jack, and it just I just kept going, and uh, the whole time I'm catering and I'm working, I'm in the oil field, and I'm just building rubs and I'm building things we need for the catering business, and I just slowly steamrolled this huge this huge train that i now i now steer in, in the multiple directions but um you know it's been a good journey but it was a slow start it was rough it's real rough 
So, so your first walk was also your first reserve. Is that what you're saying? No, not my first walk. I okay. did get a rib walk one time. Uh, I don't remember where it was at, but I did get a like a sixth or eighth place rib. Um, I got lucky, probably. Um, I think I put a lot of sweet baby rays on it, <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Or it's craft. I don't remember which one it was, but it was one of those, you know, one of those kind of kind of sauces. And then I could tell you though my biggest call before I before I actually got busy with it is uh, y'all know Junior Reyes, mm-hmm. yep. and um, so we're at Lubbock Cookoff, and me and Junior are friends. Um, he is his trailer is parked across from me, and he just come hot fresh off of barbecue pitmasters, and he has a couple of years I guess, and he's you know he's got his thing going on. He's got the Myron mixing smoker that gravity feed out there, and I sit out there and I said you know what. I'm going to beat him. I'm going to beat him in one of these meets. I don't know what it's going to be. I haven't had but a few walks. And um, and I say, you know, I'm, I don't know what it's going to be in, but I'm going to try my hardest. And I'm going to – one of my meets are going to going to walk ahead of him. And, and my wife's like, you know, baby, you can do it. You can do it. And the whole family's there. And I got a second-place brisket out of 78 teams that day. He still won the cook-off. Um, <laughs> but I got a second-place brisket. And he had like an eighth or ninth, and I, I you couldn't, you, I don't know how how excited I was then, but you couldn't have shook me out of a tree. I was so excited. I mean, I was holding on for dear life, just thinking, man, I've got to get a walk. And when it came down to that last two calls on brisket, I just thought, man, something, you know, something's got to give. And I got it. So I mean, I had a couple of walks, a couple of rib calls, a couple of brisket calls that were really high, but it was very few and far between. You know, I mean, ten or fifteen cookoffs, I probably had three or four walks. Um, it wasn't until I, I got serious about it and said, you know, quit spending money and, and, and let's just do some cooking, see what happens. And I bought those videos and that's when I got my first reserve. The very first weekend I bought those videos. It, it paid for itself right then, right? Yeah. Paid for itself right then. Um, the, it's funny cause the guy that got grand that day, he is now one of my best friends and uh, Tommy Smith out of Midland. Uh, one of the top chicken cooks, top brisket cooks, and we just became a friendship over time. And then, you know, it just it just became something that the people that I started meeting, uh, we started going back and forth, you know, first chicken, second chicken, you know, second chicken here, first chicken there. And it just we developed a, a, a routine, but it was like we know who was walking and who was going to do really good, who wasn't going to do very good. So uh, I developed a lot of friendships over that over that in 2015 when I first got serious about competing. And, uh, man, you know, it's, uh, I, I've got four good friends I cook with and, uh, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't ask for a better group of guys. And I met them as, as they began cooking or as they were already cooking, as you did, the better you did, the more people you meet, obviously. Um, and it was just, it was a blessing for me because as I got hooked, these other guys are right there too, right? They're just, they're right there next to you and they're supporting you. You're supporting them. Um, and it just kind of steamrolled from there. You, you know, I, I, I want to say, you know, a lot of people don't ever want to communicate the fact or, or say out loud that, that, you know, they, that they're watching a video, they're watching, you know, and I, I don't know why, I don't know why there's kind of a, this, it's almost feel like, you know, almost like people are going through, barbecue classes are a huge thing, right? I mean, people are putting on barbecue classes, uh, these, the barbecue DVDs, uh, now it's all online, you know, the, the, the web base, they have the barbecue championship uh, what was that? What's the name of that, James? Um, yeah, barbecue, barbecue champions. champions. Yeah. 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 So, 
Academy. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and these are the, I, I talk about these all the time. These are tools that if you're getting into it, if you're getting into and want to do a competition barbecue and, and don't really have a direction, you can definitely fumble around for three or four years and, and, and maybe pick things here and oh, pick yeah. things here and whatever else, but, or you can spend the money up front and invest in yourself and, 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 and invest in the, in the knowledge and, and, and the videos and whatever else. And those things are step by step. And these are, these are champions yeah. that, that have already won. I mean, why would you not want to take that leap and, and do it? Uh, it's oh, crazy to me. Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit different nowadays uh, compared to I, I don't want to say like maybe twenty years ago or fifteen yeah, you didn't years talk ago about it. when we were when we first got into doing some competition cooking. Um, the cost of doing these cookoffs, uh, and we do a whole lot of bar cookoffs. Uh, yeah, uh, back in the day. Back in the day, they, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of sanctioning um, uh, organizations around here in Texas, at least that we were aware of. So we would jump back and forth between a bunch of just bar cookoffs and all that stuff, but. The entry fees were like what a hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, hundred fifty bucks. And then the, you can go buy a brisket. We're going buy a choice. Maybe I don't even know if they had prime. I know they had prime, but I don't remember them labeling it at grocery stores. Yeah. But you, minimal amount of money and uh, a cooler full of beer, and then boom, you're going. But nowadays, I mean, you're talking like you know uh, several hundred dollar entry fees. Now you're talking about several hundred hundred dollars in meat. Uh, yeah. Just meat alone. It's close to a thousand bucks. Get in on any cookoff. It seems like once you all. Oh yeah, done. definitely. Yeah, definitely. It, it's I'm gonna. I, you know, just six hour drive. You're nine hundred bucks. Oh yeah, and, and it's hard to do three or four cookoffs, five cookoffs, to practice and to get into a rhythm. Okay, well, I didn't hit here, but I hit here. Is that? And just like Jan said earlier, it's like I, I wish these these classes these avenues of learning some of these barbecue um not tricks not i mean tips or whatever but just uh, just education on on how to how to how to break down a chicken how to cook a chicken what you needed to do as far as like uh the the seasonings and the injections because one thing was kind of like uh you know uh we we took a class and, and it kind of like perplexed me uh and like we weren't doing enough. Like we we thought we were doing enough, and we're like, why aren't we hitting? Like we're I mean, the chicken's good, it tastes great. Uh, why aren't we hitting? And, and then you take a class and you figure out you're not doing enough. Like the, the, there's more to it as far as the 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 brining and the injections and uh, the the rubs that you layer keeping down the, on keeping top the of membrane it. together a little bit, right? Just, right, yeah. And, and some of those that, those are the little tips and tricks that you pick up you may not be like okay well i know how to i know what good what good flavor i know what flavor tastes good you know uh, i can go with that but there's those little tricks those little tips that you pick up on you're like holy shit i i didn't even think about that that's just wow yeah i yes i i totally agree I, i'll tell you right now at at austin rodeo specifically right so when they called out chicken was the first protein category they called out right the, the first major protein category and when we got fifth in chicken out of a 180, I don't know what it was, 180 teams. Seven, I think, 187. 187. Fifth in chicken. Yeah. I, at that point, I was like, because listen, chicken's always been one of those categories we historically have not done the greatest in. It's yeah. been hit or miss. Ribs and brisket, typically, we, we can always count on those, right? We, we know where the flavor profiles are. We know where the doneness is. We, we always know what we're looking for when those things happen. 
Chicken's always a little, not a ton of crap shoot. It's just, we, we, I'll tell you what, we took one of our worst categories and made it better. But when we hit fifth in chicken, I was like, we're going to fucking GC this damn right. thing. We're the greatest cooks alive. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious because because it didn't, it didn't, like, I thought the ribs were top 10 for sure. I was like, I've been there. Our, our ribs, I was like, the flavor, I mean, there was so much flavor into one bite of ribs. I was like, this is going to, this is going to be good. Now, the, the, there was a little bit, it wasn't tough by any means, but we did not get them to where we wanted to get. The we, tenderness. We, we pulled them right around 205, I think, or 205. And I think we, we wanted to go, we want, with that rack and how big it was, we wanted to go a little bit higher, 210 maybe, 209. Yeah, you should have been 210, yeah. 212. So, and we, we just didn't get it there, you know. And, and that's, I think that's what killed us a little bit on the ribs. Uh, brisket, I think we were 21st in it. But, but with, with that fifth yeah. place call, with the 21st in brisket, uh, and if we could have got ribs somewhere yeah. in there, we'd have been close to being top well, five or I, so. I'll have to say uh, that uh, on the brisket, uh, we had, we did have a little snafu. We did not. <laughs> yeah. We did not include the tag with the chunk of um, meat in it. It's brisket. A, <laughs> such a weird thing to do, too. It, it, it is. And, and so it, it, was a, it was a big cluster um, because the, the guys went to go turn in the brisket, and I'm sitting at the table with the – leftover brisket and everybody's coming around just like oh i gotta try it let me taste it and you know i'm, I'm cutting pieces off i'm handing it out to people left and right and i look down and i'm like that why is that tag Uh-oh. sitting on that i was like and then it took probably like about three seconds for that light bulb to go boom and i was like holy shit this is actually funny because this just this just made something click in my brain when me and matt are walking up with our box i'm pretty sure aaron was one of the guys saying hey make sure you have your tag Make yep. sure as I, I did. And I'm thinking I to myself, turn in tent. Yeah, I, I left that turn in tent, and I told everybody that I passed. You got your tag. You got your tag. Yes. As yes. I'm walking past Winners, you know Winners Row, right? You know, yep. you got six or eight of those guys. You know, Phil and um, everybody's sitting there, and all the, and, and Manuel Moreno was cooking with Phil, and he's helping him. And I said, "Man, you got your tag." And about the time that I looked at him and said that, he looked at me. And he stops and opens his box, pulls his, you know, he opens his carrier, and here comes Carmen, Phil's <laughs> wife, and she is running with this tag and this chunk of meat. And I had stopped him to ask, and then about the time that our, his light bulb goes off, Carmen just grab, I mean, just reaches and just grabs the whole thing and just takes off running. So I had luckily had stopped Manuel. You know, we had a couple minutes to turn in. And, uh, and I, but I had told everybody, you know, he gets in the box and then he takes off running yeah. trying to get that brisket in. So it's, a uh, you know, when I realized that how many people were getting turned away because they didn't have that tag, I just told everybody, you got your tag, you got your tag. Yeah. Uh, that's my first tagged cook off to ever be in. Dude, I, I, um, I wish that somebody had a camera or I had a camera <laughs> because I ran like a jackass holding just clutching this just two fistful of brisket and a tag uh just running through the crowd i'm like excuse me pardon me coming through coming through i i'm trying to get to this but it's only brisket yeah they only tag brisket well it's hilarious i mean why i i don't i don't know why they just do brisket and well when he said it to us me and matt are looking at you like what are they talking? We thought you were talking about yeah, the, I was like, the I ticket. The t- I got the ticket right we're here. What's the t- ticket for the? We're like, well, why wouldn't we keep our ticket? Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, I don't get it. What's going on? You know, I tell you, I sit in the trailer and I turn that chicken in, and I thought that's pretty good. And I just moved on. I take a bite and I toss it off in the camera, you know. And 
I hit my ribs and I was like, well, those are good. You know, I mean, everything is, is like it is every weekend. It's, there's nothing to change. I get this brisket, man. I took it pretty far. Uh, I mean, when I when I did my, I used a thermal pin and, and I, I poked it with thermal pin. I never t- I never felt the top, but all I felt was a tray. So I'm like, okay, I got this. You know, I'm gonna throw it over here and I slice it. And I have a certain look of when I slice my brisket. I use an electric knife. I have to. I couldn't. I couldn't slice my brisket with a, a regular slicer. But that uh, I when my knife goes through the brisket and I pull it out right I, I pull it to me i have to use a napkin to wipe the shreds of brisket off the blade hmm. and if i see those little shreds of brisket on that blade and then i look down the slice and there's a clear juice in the bottom of that slice it's oozing out uh it's going to be a good day that's just that's just that's just the things i look for i'm very seldom ever wrong but that's usually a good day for me and uh and it was a good day there's a seventh brisket and i'll take it every day in the week but you know, it's just been uh, kind of one of those things that when I boxed it, I got it all in there, and I thought, okay, what do I have? I did a checklist because I don't want to screw this one up. You know, my heart's kind of beating fast, and it's, you just know it's good. Yeah. Uh, and when you get those gut feelings like that, you know, like, ah, I can screw the rest of the meats, but this brisket, that moneymaker, you know, and that's what I call my brisket, the moneymaker. Um, I just knew it was going to be good, so I made sure I had my tag in, plenty of time to walk, and I'll sit there. And wait to like the last, just the, almost the last second before I turn that thing in. Well, we definitely did that because we yeah. were over there on time, and then we were like probably two minutes before cutoff, and we're like, "Shit, we don't have the tag." We were running around looking for it. James <laughs> right. running through it the opposite way. It was a cluster. Mm. We got in on time. Uh, we, we, did is, yes. we did it. Well, let's. But it's a rush, right? I mean, uh, it is. That, that, that's what keeps us. Uh, Definitely that. That's what keeps us getting, get, uh, you know, go, coming back for. I mean, if it wasn't something that we enjoyed and it wasn't something exciting, I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't continue to spend yeah. thousands of dollars to win, right? Forty or fifty bucks. Yeah, and you guys bucks. are in a big camp. You have a lot going on. Right. Y'all yeah. got people around you. You've got. It's just me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a single person team. So it's like, I've got time to focus. I've got time to do things. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm traveling with what ninety grand. You know, truck and trailer and, and hundred thousand dollar truck and trailer and a jambo in the back and um, you know, I mean I've got a lot of money invested on the ground, so it's like I don't have a lot of time to sit there and, and really screw up too much. I've I've got to pay the bills and uh keep that thing paying for itself. Yeah. And I, I you're probably in a little bit more of a routine with this than uh than we are because I think you're doing these a lot more often than we're we're getting a chance to do. A little bit. He's doing one right now. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already thinking about Saturday and land passes. I mean, right. it's kind of, uh, I haven't stopped since, uh, I haven't taken a weekend off since I think the, it's probably January the 8th. Holy moly. Wow. All right. Well, yeah. let's, uh, yeah. let's, uh, I guess, uh, change course a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the, the, the products, the rubs and sauces and injections that you do offer, um, that, that people can, uh, go to Texas old dust.com. Uh, and do you have another, uh, outlet, um, that people can go to to purchase your your seasonings. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the website is obviously the, the best place to go. Okay. Um, you know, it's a one stop shop. Um, okay. Now we do have 125 locations across the United States. Um, I think it's 125. I, I probably could be wrong. Um, 
I'm not very good at bookkeeping, so I don't always get to update my website. Um, I have a lot going on in my life, and I'm burning the candle on three sides. So that's um, uh, trying to uh, keep up with that. But, you know, one of the biggest things is, is your local barbecue store, um, depending on the town that you're in and where you're at. You know, most most of the stores are smaller ones. Your barbecue family stores are going to carry our stuff. And uh, Westlake Hardware, Ace Hardware, you know, we're moving, we've moved into that this past year and a half. And, uh, you know, hopefully the next year we'll be in at least half the Ace Hardwares yeah. across the United States. And, um, but, uh, you know, the website, uh, like you mentioned, textoldust.com, that's the best place to go because it's always going to have what you need. Um, and we have a few other things on there as well that, that, uh, that we carry. But, um, you know, if your nearest, you know, barbecue store doesn't have us, you know, just say, hey, you know, give us a mention and, and maybe we can get in that store, you know, just to kind of spread our wings. And there's a lot of places that, that carry stuff that, uh, you know, you would never expect to carry barbecue seasonings. Uh, so we don't know everybody out there, but um, definitely expanding and uh, hope we're here pretty quick. Australia, uh, we're, we, we've already sent our, we sent two pallets back in January to Australia. So the, the, uh, the Q club will be picking this up over there. Hmm. Hey, uh, do, do you belong to the MBBQA Association, the National Barbecue? I, I do not. I do not. I've, 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 you know, it's been mentioned to me a few times, um, but I just never have pulled the trigger on it. Okay. Yeah, we, we we're not members either. Uh, we we've looked at it. Um, I think we are going to be members this year. I think we're going to go ahead and join it. Um, I I cannot tell you the amount of networking uh, that we were able to do um, there. Uh, we were up there a couple of weeks ago, probably what, um, three weeks from a month ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it was in Fort Worth. They had the national, uh, I guess, I guess the actual meeting where they brought everybody in. But uh, some of the best barbecues around the world. Yeah. Uh, Junior was there. Yeah, Junior yeah, was Junior there. Race is there. Uh, but, but flew into it. Uh, but it wasn't just. It wasn't just like you know. Of course, competition barbecue was a thing there. Uh, barbecue restaurant. Uh, you know that like 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 the shed barbecue. Uh, places that you know they're not they're not local to Texas or whatever else, but they have huge followings, huge names. And then you had businesses, seasoning companies, um, you name it. It was their food truck, anything you know, food truck. They had different whole hog classes were going on. It was one of the coolest things that we got to be a part of, as far as having you know, we actually set up and, and did did actual uh, podcasting and interviews and uh, and everything else going on there, but. Uh, for somebody like you, 100%, uh, I would definitely recommend it to you. Just, just the amount of networking and people you can you can run into, uh, it was it was amazing. To be honest with you, it sounds uh, I, it sounds good. Um, you know, I think Ken, I think they they purchased that right. Uh, they 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 purchased the MBBQA. Kel, yeah, yeah, Kel, 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 yeah. Kel I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Kel, that. I mean, uh, John Reeves with Smoking X, he had reached out to me a couple of years ago and said, hey, you, this would be a really good thing for you. Um, you know, you need to try it. And I, I, I read into it, and I never got any further than that. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind uh, networking like that, and I wouldn't mind going. It would be something kind of kind of fun, a little kind of cool, you know, to be involved in that. Um, you know, it's just you hear two sides of the story, and people are like, no, you don't need that kind of thing. And then, yes, you need that kind of thing. So that, but being by yourself, you know, and trying to do the best for your company, and um, it's just one of those deals that, that when you're trying to work it all, you forget. I mean, I, I get sidetracked, and uh, eventually, you know, I'll be able to maybe work my way into that. 
um, I think it'd be a good, I think it'd be a good deal for us, you know, in, in general. No, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like I could say they just, the, the amount of, the amount of things that they were putting on, it wasn't anything tailored towards one aspect of barbecue it was really all aspects of barbecue. You know, there was something there for anybody that, or for, for everyone that was, um, that was passionate about either growing a business. Um, there was a lot, they even had business classes going on at the same time. And they, they had people coming in that, that were help teaching them that were like, Hey, they've already, they've already made it at, 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 at some of the highest levels you can make it in, you know, which I thought was pretty cool, you know, because you know, you're able to get you see a little bit of mentorship from them, whether it's co-packing or uh, I think um, what, one of the, one of the guys uh, had swapped co-packers and was moving over to somebody else that was from, from that organization just because uh, it was a better deal for them, you know, and they could give them exactly what they wanted versus trying to go to some mainstream co-packer that the flavor was never, it was just wasn't right. I think it was with a big thing. It kept yeah. sending out different co-packers, but they get a sample back and a sample was not what they'd given them. It's like, no, this is not what we're looking for. We want it to be like this. What, what are you doing different? You know, where, where are you, where, where are you bringing some of your rubs in from or anything else? So I think that was one of the, the big things, you know, and if nothing um, else, we drank a lot of alcohol and had a lot of fun. We did drink a lot of alcohol and had a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the barbecue team that won that uh, little competition there is from Midland. Uh, they're here in the Eagle Q Club. They're the ones that they're the high school team that won, and they're one of the teams that I sponsor. Um, the coach is uh, a good friend of mine, and uh, we used to compete with each other together, and he doesn't really compete anymore, but uh, we definitely, uh, you know, stand behind those kids and, uh, so it was good when they got up there, you know, to see them, and and uh, it was good that they won that. And that's just that, that's one thing I, we talked about, just you know, being a part of that because those kids went up there, they had a good time, and um, I definitely wouldn't mind being involved in that scenery. Yeah, they even had the big competition there uh, while it was going on, and one of the things that uh, the kids were competing against uh, Myron's team, uh, the kids competed against uh, what what other team was that, John? They were competing against. Uh, uh, I don't know if they ended up doing it. They were going to have uh, Matt Pittman and uh, yeah, Matt Pittman the guys in the shed yeah. competing. I don't know if they actually did or not. Okay, well, I saw Myron's team cooking, and I saw yeah, they did. I saw Myron's the other. There. there was another team. I didn't, I didn't know the guys though. I, I think y'all went and talked to them before we we left or whatever. Uh, but they were competing, and they I, originally they were going to have you know some of those guys come be mentors on on the kids teams, and the kids were like, we don't want the mentorship. If you're going to cook, yeah. cook, cook against us. And I was like. Hell yeah, I like that. It was it was fierce competition, but the kids were like, "No, no, we can we can compete against anybody. We're not we we don't want the mentorship. Thank you, you know." Which I thought was you know, oh yeah, pretty cool. You know, the Eagle Q is the one that won that. And yeah. Yep. Those kids, those kids. I, I we we coached them last year. Uh, COVID kind of put the program down, um, or year before last, and then last year they kind of put them down. This year they got back up. They've already got I think two or three grands. Uh, you know, the high school association and Steve stopped by and he's like, Hey man, we're on our way to Fort Worth to the MBBQA. And I said, Oh, that's cool, man. That's uh, you need anything. So they, we got some stuff taken care of. And he texted me a picture and said, Hey man, we just won this thing. And I said, man, it's awesome. So, you know, a team from Midland, Texas high school team goes in there, uh, you know, straight up and, and uh, the kids are just, the kids are doing things these days that, that I wish we had had the opportunity to at a younger, uh, younger age. It probably would have kept a lot of us out of trouble. Oh man, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. Uh, let me ask you a question. Go back to some of your competition. Are you cooking uh, on on the offset? Are you doing the uh, are, are you doing the the, the barrels uh, cooking? I do both. Um, I have a mixed flavor. 
that some areas love cans, some areas love offset, um, some areas love pellet grills. I mean, it's um, it, it really is an it's a mixed flavor. I started in 2019. Um, I cooked a brisket on a drum. I thought it was the worst brisket I ever turned in, and um, I got ninth out of 325 teams. I thought, okay, well that's stupid. You know, I mean, I just, I, I just, right I thought it was, I thought it was nasty. I just didn't like the charcoal brisket style flavor. So the very next weekend, I did it again. I took first, and then the next weekend, I did it again. So over time, I developed a flavor that I would start it on the drum and finish it on the offset. So my brisket goes on the drum at four hundred between four and 500 degrees. It just depends on the altitude, the barometric pressure, how hot the fuel wants to run, but it's wide open. The can is wide open. Uh, I put my brisket on at one hour. Uh, I set my timer at one hour. I just take it off. It's sizzling. The fat's burning. The brisket's starting to get dry and swell up. And then I move it to the offset and I finish it off on the offset. Okay. Okay. I like that. That's, that's, uh, I'm a little bit of both. There was I can't remember the team's name. I guess it was a Jambo. They had the Jambo uh, Poppin' Sons. Is it Poppin' Sons? Yeah, yeah. That was one of their methods they used to do back in the day. Was uh, they would they would run that pit wide open and they would just, I mean, get that some bitch hot, sear that thing. Yeah, and it, it said it would almost it would plump up and almost kind of curl a little bit. And uh, yeah. but but it was always for one hour. One hour they'd pull it and then they they'd bring and I don't know how I've never cooked on a Jambo pit before, but they would. They would uh, bring that temperature down to like you know the the two fifty two seventy five range or whatever it was. They'd snuff it out and then uh, and then get it down to something normal and and then then ride that that brisket out that that way you know because uh, if you're cooking that hot you're not getting a whole lot of I don't think you're getting a lot of smoke flavor at that point because it's 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 burning so clean you know when you're burning something that hot yeah but. I mean the, the, I'm only cooking that hot on the drum because I I got I need two things to happen. One, I need to supercharge that brisket, and I need to swell it. So that brisket is going to get in that rigor mortis state, and it's going to—I'm just going to—I'm going to nuke the shit out of it. Um, and so my brisket—I I only cook middle meat company briskets, and uh, I've cooked over fifteen hundred of their briskets. Um, it's it's middle meat brisket. Company? I know a middle meat company. I have nice. a middle, yes sir. Nice. Um, it's a it's a wagyu cross, uh, Texas. You know, it's it's American wagyu. It's a cross brisket. And um, I cook those things. Um, I know exactly. I mean, I can't tell you it's going to be exactly the same shape every time, but it's going to be ninety percent. And I know exactly what that brisket's going to do. And one hour at that hot temperature, that that all that marbling on the inside, my that brisket will never go out. It will always go up, and it'll swell and pull itself in. And I'll take a, a three quarter inch flat and turn it into inch and a quarter, inch and a half immediately. So I get that I get that hour of burn, and all I'm doing is just trying to take that and just and just nuke the hell out of it so that it swells up and then it goes straight to the offset, and I'm running 300 degrees on the on that. So I have a 30 inch barrel Jambo. Um, I got a I got a porch model inside my horse trailer, uh, 30 inch barrel, and I'm just and I'm running roughly 300 degrees on the gauge and I'm just pouring the smoke to it. I got the dampener pulled back right when that smoke starts to come out that door. I pop it just a little bit. And then that smoke disappears, and I've got all the smoke in that chamber I can without it leaking. Um, and I mean, I'm just putting it to it. So you're getting that smoky flavor, but you've also got that that drum, that over the coals flavor at the same time. And it's, yep. it's small hints 
that you're getting that that's all you need. It's not um, it's not a, it's not something that's offensive to the judge. It's just small hints that just kind of come in like ooh ooh. Well, I, oh, I like that. And then that's what I'm looking for. So I've got a mix that I kind of do that. And um, it's it's a it's a trial and error. I chase it every weekend. So, yeah, I, I think it's smart. I think it's smart to do that. I, obviously, it is. I mean, you've done well doing it. Yeah, our uh, less, listeners are definitely taking notes. Right I, there, right? If they're not, they should be. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I, I, I tell you uh, something else is, you know, each region has their own. You know, if you're in Austin, you're you're, you're a post oak guy or whatever else. I, I like Mesquite. I, I grew up in. Uh, kind of west of Fort Worth, uh, and mesquite is readily available, and we would we would cook on it, cook with it, you know. And we did, you know, open fire. We did steaks and s- cooking steaks over mesquite, like we were talking earlier. In my my childhood memory, even now, is even as an adult, you can't beat it. It's one of those flavors that, you know, people think that mesquite has a harsh flavor and or it's a smoky flavor, and it's not to me. It's it's really really good. Uh, but are you sprinkling any mesquite in when when you're traveling around with some of your competitions? So no. Um, in West Texas, probably I'm going to say probably 2017-18, I was running mesquite. Mesquite will give you the prettiest smoke ring you ever seen. Uh, bright pinkish red, just it's it's amazing the the color of that smoke ring that you get with mesquite. But uh, a guy that was competing. Um, he told me, he said, a friend of mine, he said, you'll never be a competition cook and you'll never, you'll never be that guy who, who is successful if you don't get out and cook everywhere. Once you don't, once you become very, uh, well established in your area, uh, let's just say West Texas, you know, it's a four hour drive for me to get to most everywhere in West Texas. So once you become that, you need to get out and drive to these other towns. And so I was doing that with Mesquite <laughs> and uh, he's like, and so one day JD Henley, he won San Antonio stock show and rodeo on a, on a Saturday night. And he reserved it on a Friday night back in probably, it might've been, I don't know, 18, 17, 18, could be 19. I don't remember, but that, uh, and I asked him, I said, what would you use? He goes, I use pecan. And so since 2018, I have used pecan every cook-off. I don't use Mesquite. I don't use hickory. I don't use, any cherry, I don't use anything but pecan. I use pecan splits and I use oak lump. Yeah, but pecan's a mild. It's That's, a, it, it's a pecan is a pecan. Is, it's it's a mild wood. It doesn't have, uh, I guess a lot of. Uh, doesn't have the same bite as mesquite, great. right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what yeah. it doesn't have There's the same no bite. bite you know. Um, but see, oak. If I use oak in Central Texas now. That doesn't mean that I, 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 when I say I don't use any other wood, I run bags of pecan and I, I always start my jambo out with oak, with oak lump. Uh, I run B and B oak lump. It's readily available for us, you know, at H E B or Academy, something like that. Yeah. So I don't really get out into Royal Oaks and all the other stuff because I know, yeah, I know how it burns. Uh, I used to be on team B and B. I know how it burns. I know how it runs, but, uh, I'll start my jambo and my drum with oak lump, but, I also incorporate um, the pecan and the splits. So I have the splits in there. And so I start the oak lump. I use the splits and I get that good smoke. Uh, that doesn't mean that if I go east of I-35, that I'm not going to throw a few chunks of post oak in there to kind of give it that little, that little oaky flavor that those judges might be used to. 
Or does it mean that when I go South Texas, you know, from San Antonio to the Valley, that I'm not going to throw a little mesquite in there That's with right. that pecan? Pecan's always going to be my base with that oak lump, but I may throw a few sticks of, of mesquite. And I've got, so I buy my, I think, I think it's called Nature's Own. I buy, it's like eight inch splits. You can buy them at like Market Streets and, and uh, United's and that kind of thing. It's in a bag, like three quarter cubic inches. Yep. Um, yep. So, I mean, it, it's a small bag, but one bag does two cooks. And I've got hickory, I've got oak, I've got mesquite, and I've got pecan in my barbecue trailer. So wherever I'm going, I can throw a few sticks extra in there for that little that little flavor nuttiness, that little oaky flavor, little mesquite flavor. I'm not going to just burn straight pecan, but wherever I go, I've been I've cooked so many towns and so many areas that I kind of I'm going to play the judge a little bit. So I'm going to throw a little of that extra few of those sticks in there while that brisket's on. Uh, just to, I don't worry about the brisket, like the pork and ribs and chicken, but that brisket, I need to make sure that brisket has that familiar flavor. So I'll throw a few extra sticks in there with that. Yep. Yep. That's what I like about competition barbecue. Back in the day, it was one of those things that you had an offset cooker and that was the way you did it. And this is like 20 something years ago, right? You know, uh, a few guys would cook over coals, but not many. And, and now I think that there's so many different weapons out there and people are using the the, the pellet grills um, for uh, some some competition cookers like no I have a I have a pellet grill it's only for my chicken that's it for chicken it's my chicken mm-hmm. cooker I've got a uh, I've got a I've got a drum for my ribs and I got a I got an offset for my uh, brisket you know and uh, it's a it's a combination that 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 it's however you like to cook and whatever else but. Uh, I know we have some videos out there with you know the pellet stuff and offset stuff and whatever else, but the the, the real message uh, I think that we try to get we try to pass along is first of all if you can't make fun of something you know what what course you know it's <laughs> you, you should be able to make fun of everything no, nothing should be off limits uh, but the the other side of that is that, that we want to use everything and uh, I I've been a sure. I've talked so much shit about pellet grills in the past that. Uh, it's it's almost comical now that they. It's almost I can't have one, right? Because I've talked so much shit about it. You're fixing it. to get one. I am fixing to get one. Uh, but you know, here's the deal. You you bastard it so much, you just can't go get one because then people make fun of you. That's right. One. That's right. But here's the deal. I, and we we were in a competition cook one time, and we could not for some reason I, the, the air that day, whatever the case may be, we could not get these freaking briskets done, and. Uh, we had a couple of Traegers sitting out there, and I remember looking over at John, and John goes, you want to put it on the Traeger? And I go, yeah, let's do that. So we, I remember we, we offloaded these these two briskets, and we put them on Traegers, and uh, I just basically said a prayer. And I think in like 45 minutes later, we were pulling those briskets uh, to rest. And I was thinking there's no way this was going to happen had we left them on the, on, on, on the smoker. That for for whatever reason it just was not cooking, you know the, the gauge said it was here, and we we're, we fought the fire that day and just it's one of those things you know it just it just wasn't that, that direct heat just gave it just gave it what it needed it, exactly and you know it, it's so good. I used to start my brisket at six p.m. six p.m. every Friday night I had a religious timeline when I first started at six p.m. I put my brisket on I did four hours of smoke at two fifty I didn't care if it was if it looked done if it had a mahogany red i didn't care it was four hours of smoke at 250 and then i wrapped it up in a pan and, and covered it in foil and i stuck it in the pellet grill 
and then I took it to at 225, and at 4 a.m. it would come off. And I had monitors, and I had pins and probes, and I'd wake up, <laughs> take my brisket off, and I'd throw it in the Cambro, and that was my brisket for about two years of competing. Uh, it just because it was easy. I had a pellet grill out there. I had my, my offset smoker, and that's what I cooked on. Uh, I didn't start my brisket on the pellet grill. I just finished it on the pellet grill in a pan. So uh, they're just convenient. And you don't have to sit there and babysit it. No, you're right. And that's that's how I feel about these drums. Um, once, you, once you get a drum set, especially for chicken or whatever else you're cooking, it's so – I mean – to man a pit and, and fire management's a thing and if, if especially in a competition cook it's one of those things that it can get away from you very quickly i mean if 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 you're out of your timetable just by a little bit it can throw your chicken off right and every time you open the damn door to, to check something you're you know so i i do believe you got to have a second cooker out there with you um but here here lately i think we've really 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 got it down but um I say that, and then the next cook-off we're going to go into, and it's just going to be a, a freaking – we're going to we're gonna look like newbies or something. I feel like there's always something, oh, yeah. you know. I've, but, I've gotten so used to cooking on cans that I forget to, to add fuel to my jambo. I mean, literally, then that 30-inch holds that heat, right? So it's probably just like y'all's Austin, you know, y'all's Austin pits. I mean – those things hold so much heat on the inside that when the when the coals are done, and you can hardly you like you probably are past that point of no return if you couldn't get your fire started again yeah. <laughs> when your gauge starts to drop, right? And I look back there and my my it's in my trailer, so I'm like, oh man, you know, man, I get to looking around and I look at the gauge is like 200, and it's you know it's 12 o'clock, brisket's only 187. I'm like, oh my gosh, Aaron, what did you do? So. I've gotten so used to having those cans there with that offset cooking that I sometimes I just forget to you know to, to keep adding fuel, and then by the time I, I notice it, it's too late. Um, and so I'm, I'm shuffling things around. I'm moving stuff to the drum. I'm trying to nuke the you know get the brisket cooking faster. And so I mean it's the uh, you know it, it it'll spoil you. Drums will spoil you, and pellet grills too. Um, so yeah, if you if you get just a little sidetracked, uh, it can it can ruin your day. Uh, so I, I was I, I and maybe I'm wrong on this. Uh, so I, I, when I started this earlier, I wanted to say that you're not defined by, you know, your, your catering or anything else. You're not defined just by your 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 seasonings and, and getting those out across whatever. Uh, do you do you have anything else uh, in the works besides those two things? Are you working on new projects or anything else coming out from from your brand? Um, as far as is something else besides barbecue? No, no. I mean, along with barbecue, I, I, I know you got your seasonings, uh, and then you're, are you still doing the catering stuff? Oh, so actually, I, I work for Midland Meat Company now. Um, I work at Midland Meat Company. John Scarber, uh, fifth generation rancher, um, he owns the Half Acre. So it's the Midland Meat Company Half Acre restaurant, um, and, and I'm the I'm the pit master there, um, slinging barbecue. You know, five days a week, and I compete on the weekend. So, um, we turned a catering business into a food trailer, a food trailer into an outdoor event, and then an outdoor event. Uh, we actually, he actually purchased Junior Reyes's old uh, catering company, the building that he was catering out of, and he opened up on the weekends. Um, it's on the, it's it was an adjoining piece of property to his property, 
and uh, he purchased it. He he enclosed it. We made a, a, a nice nice restaurant out of it, and we've got uh, four smokers out there, and uh, we're open Tuesday through Friday from ten thirty to two o'clock, and uh, we just cook barbecue and burgers and wings and and uh, feed the you know feed the public. So uh, that's our uh, that's cool. my daily job is the seasonings and and uh, the restaurant, uh, and then we just launched our charcoal. Uh, we have a uh, old fashioned lump charcoal that just came out. We just announced it in April and, um, I'm fixing to hit the market with it probably by the end of the next month. Nice. Nice. And that, that's what, that charcoal is a, uh, it's an oak a lump. lump. Okay. Uh, well, sort of. <laughs> so, um, I've been using this charcoal for about two years. Uh, this is made, this is made the old way. It's not mass produced. Um, like your kilns, like your, uh, you know, your Royal Oak, your B&Bs. So we actually make this the way our grandfathers made it. And um, in a 55-gallon barrel, we got a bunch of burn barrels. And, um, man, it, it's it's made and, and you know, it's, uh, it's done the way it used to be done. We got brownies. We got chunks with bark in it, you know, and you're not going to find nails and rebar and rocks and that kind of stuff that's going to be in there. Um but we have uh, we have mesquite. Mesquite is the number one uh, flavor that we've got uh, right now available. The winds out here, you know, you guys being from Texas, y'all know the winds have been really bad, so we're having a hard time burning right now. Uh, but uh, we'll have uh, mesquite, oak, and uh, but the biggest one is the pecan. I've got uh, we got a pecan lump. What's the name of the uh, charcoal? Old-fashioned lump charcoal. Old-fashioned lump. Man, that's great. Good to get our hands on yeah. some of that. Yeah, yeah. I'll order some. Yeah. And, you know, so we uh, we're only still in the middle of the meat company right now, but I'll be having it. By the time the next shipment comes in, I should have enough inventory that everybody can get it. I can't send it to one store and another store not get it. That wouldn't be fair. So I need to be able to send it to everybody so everybody has it and they're, you know, they're able to sell it to you know uh, nationwide. Yeah. I, I like the fact that, that old fa- I like the name uh, – and and I like the fact that you're doing it the way that it was originally done. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty damn cool. I can light my drum in eight minutes. I can close the lid. My drum be two fifty. There it damn. is. Damn, that's that's something. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I use a torch. You can use cubes, tumbleweeds, uh, you know, Weber starter cubes, whatever you want to use. But uh, I use a little candy cane torch. Um, I light it in four places, about a minute and a half. Leave my lid open, and I'll close it about about minute eight. And I look down my gauge; it'll be two fifty. And I can I'll fire my brisket up at my drum at six, and at six thirty, I've already got the brisket on there. You know, so I mean, it's not it, it's very fast. It lights very good, and it burns long. So um, I'm I'm happy with it. You know, there's there's no BS aside. And, um, I use it every weekend, and I got my own little stash there while I'm trying to promote it. But um, you know, it's it's clean. Um, the mesquite, you don't really realize you're cooking with mesquite. That's because it's made, it's burned differently. It's it's combusted, and and, and it's not going to have a lot of gases. So you're not going to sit there and, and have a Fourth of July firework in your pit. Uh, you know, having to wear your safety glasses because right. it's about to poke your eye out, that yeah. kind of thing. So. Um, it's a little different, but it's it's a cleaner burn, a faster burn, and I'm excited that uh, I'm able to, to to be able to offer that. It took about a year and a half uh, to get that ready, so 
I love that. Can't hardly oh, beat that. That's, eight my, that's my newest project. Well, I tell you what, we're we're definitely excited for it. Um, well, we're like I said, we're we're fans of you, man. Uh, we've definitely seen your your, your stuff out there. Uh, James is holding up. What did yeah. you say, James? Now, I can we circle back just just sure, like, James? Is that corporate talk? Like, can we yeah. just it's uh, just circle? That's horrible yeah. on it. I, I hated myself for saying that. Uh, <laughs> we we discussed where to purchase your seasoning at, but we really didn't talk much about what's seasonings you have out there and what injections you have out there can you just briefly just run through what do you have uh, available and i don't know may, maybe just throw out i mean not, not everybody's going to go out there and purchase your whole line i wish they would uh we're definitely going to look at uh grabbing a few ourselves but uh what's the uh what's yeah, i think the, what, i read a comment that you made about a beef injection here a few weeks ago uh, I remember that standing out in my head a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. About somebody else's product there, you know. Oh, no, I'm shit. just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, uh, I give you hell about it. But uh, no, Phil's a good guy, man, and, and uh, I love I love every minute I get to hang out with those guys. Yeah. That um, I tell you, we we have we have seven bottles, uh, seven skews of of seasonings. Um, I've got a uh, I've got obviously my my best selling rub is my all purpose. Uh, gluten-free, no MSG. It's a good salt, pepper, garlic, uh, onion-style rub. Used it on everything. Um, I've got a chicken rub that I made one morning at 6 a.m. because I did not have the, the other commercial rubs that I was using. So I just so happened to have a bunch of bottles of different different stuff like garlic and onion. and always carry that around, right? So I made the Barnyard Pimp. That's my chicken rub. Sweet, savory. Uh, got a little bite to it. I made that at 6.30 one morning, uh, used it on chicken, popped the first place bird out of like 70-something teams, and uh, the rest is history on that one. So I've got a, I've got the all-purpose, the old dust. I've got the barnyard pimp. Uh, Piggy Bank is my uh, pork and rib rub. Um, same story, <coughs> different day, same results. Um, so I made a kind of a sweet, smoky, little chipotle kind of uh, rub for my, for my pork ribs. I ran out one morning, <laughs> used it, and uh, built it right there in, the, in my cabinet and uh, put it on ribs and hit a first-place rib. So um, I got a black gold. It's a brisket rub. It's got a little pecan flavoring in there, coarse pepper. Uh, not a lot of salt. It's got lower salt than the uh, old dust does, but uh, it brings out a, a, a very good Texas-style brisket, especially for West Texas. Uh, we, we just have very good success with it all over the state. Um I've got the uh, the zesty garlic is our jalapeno garlic. Um, it's gonna it's gonna make you sneeze and it's got a bite to it. I did it on purpose. Uh, I got tired of uh, jalapeno seasonings, garlic jalapeno that just didn't have a lot of a lot of heat, a lot of pop to it. Right. Um, so I, I went to the board on this one and um, I made I made some heat there and, and it's definitely gonna give you that uh, that pop that you're looking for. Uh, just if you're scared of heat, you don't like you don't like uh, you know don't like any kind of heated rub or, or spiciness. Uh, that's not for you. So um, my wildcatter, I've got a garlic rub. It's kind of a sweet garlic, uh, very fine. Uh, we use it on chicken and and uh, brisket a lot. Um, and that's so that's my wildcatter rub. Um, everything I do is kind of an oil filled theme. If you haven't already noticed, and then uh, I've got a bullseye beef marinade. It's what I marinate my steaks in. It's also a finishing dust for brisket. Um, it's a great base layer on brisket. 
it's it's got that beefy, uh, salty kind of uh, soy texture and, and flavor to it. It's very good straight out of the bottle. If you lick your finger, taste it, uh, you'll be like, damn, that's good. So it's a very good marinade. It won't make your stuff real mushy. It won't break it down, but it does have phosphates. It's going to kind of heat it up. Um, so that's that's the seven should be the seven products that I have in a bottle. Um, we got three injections. We got a beef injection called Calcutta. Um, it was what I started making in 15 and I had to learn how to transfer that to a powder. Um, and once I did, it's been very successful. Um, I have a pork injection. Uh, everything plays off the Calcutta. Like, you know, when you, when you bet on yourself at a cookoff, yeah. um, you do the Calcutta itself. That's where the Calcutta came. And then the pork cutta, that's, uh, that's our pork injection. Got a good grandmother's, uh, Sunday dinner at grandma's house kind of flavor to it. And then, uh, been very successful in our, in our pork game. And then I've got a chicken injection called cluck cutta. Um, and that, uh, that's been a, a huge process and, and, and flavor for our chicken, um, chicken and turkey. And then I've got a barbecue sauce called Brandon oil. Uh, it's, it's made for brisket. It's made for chopped beef sandwiches. We use it in the restaurant. That's where it came from. Uh, I made it, developed it for barbecue sandwiches. And, uh, about two years ago, we used it on brisket and, um, we haven't looked back since. It's slowly becoming one of the top brisket sauces in the state. Well, that's awesome. That's about all I got. <laughs> yeah, and then charcoal. So that's a lot. Uh, you know, we got about eleven skews, and I've got about four more in the in the in the in the woodworks. But I'm not going to release them, uh, only because there's a certain time and place that you need to put something out, and now's not the time uh, to do any kind of new products. You know, we're not we're not interested in putting things out just to have a bottle or something to sell. I'm only interested in putting out product that people would use and benefit from. Well, not to mention, I mean, everything that you're using or selling right now, you're using in competition and winning in it, right? So that's that's the things like you're, you're putting where your money, where your mouth is. And um, I love that. I love the fact that that's, you know, that's kind of your your mentality to it. You know, you're, you're using these rubs, you know, on competition days and, and doing really well with it, so. That's, that's pretty And badass. I use it in the restaurant. That's right. You know, we use it in the restaurant five days a week and, or four days a week in caterings, and uh, and then we compete with it on the weekend. So, you know, every rub that you buy isn't competition. It's not backyard. It's just it's just seasonings in a bottle. So it's just flavor. Uh, if you can learn how to layer those flavors and keep those flavors smooth and unique and mellow and just turn in good barbecue, it doesn't matter if you're at the house, in the backyard, the king of the cul-de-sac, or – uh, at a competition, um, barbecue is barbecue, and good barbecue just stands out. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, we're getting close to the end here. Um, maybe you could tell the folks where they can find you, where they can get a hold of you, where they can find your seasonings and your sauces and all that. Yeah, so you can go to uh, texasoildust.com. Uh, if you have a bottle or a um, of anything of ours, my barbecue sauce, anything on the side of my bottles, you'll have my name, phone number, address, email address, uh, you can call, text, email. You can get a hold of me uh, anytime as long as you got a, you know, one of my products. Um, you can catch me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Texas Old Dust, uh, any one of those three avenues there. Twitter, too. You can catch me on Twitter, at Texas Old Dust. So um, anything you type in Texas Old Dust, you'll find me one way or another. Uh, if you don't find me, you're not looking hard enough. <laughs> yeah. 
We're, we're definitely going to have to have you back on because I, 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 I know you have a couple of barbecue fails. I know you had one recently where you, I think you just ran a drum smoker just a little too too high. Am I, am I misremembering that? Yeah, because I like to cook my chicken at between five and 600 degrees on that drum. Right. <laughs> um, and it's about a 30-minute bird. Uh, yeah, I got to talking to Johnny Trigg, and we were out there BSing, just shooting the shit. And, uh, I heard I smelled some plastic burning, and I was like, Man, somebody burning plastic in their in their pits, and then I heard this Aaron, Aaron, your drum's on fire. And I looked up there, and there's flames coming out of it. And uh, yeah, I walked away, and left the lid open. Uh, so you know, uh, 1957 Chevy Teal Blue Patina uh, drum that was very unique in color is now uh, half burnt, and uh, you know it's still sitting there the same way I brought it home that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah we've got some stories like that we really appreciate you joining us tonight yeah, thank you so much i appreciate the offer guys it's been fun talking to y'all i'm, I'm honored and uh as i said man i'm a big fan of you guys and and i uh, love to watch y'all's uh y'all's videos and anytime i get a chance you know from now on i'm definitely gonna come chase you guys down all right well, we appreciate it bud likewise man thank you bud thank y'all Hey, big shout out to to Aaron Leslie with Oil uh, Texas Oil Dust for coming onto the podcast. It was super awesome, super nice guy. He's got a a huge line of rubs, seasonings, and injections that, from what he's telling us, and, and we see the I guess the proof in the pudding. I we mean, see the results when he's walking. He's kicking right? ass. Yeah, if you if you listened at all, you learned some things, especially if you're a yeah. competition cook. If you listen, there's some some tricks and some tips given. Oh yeah, and he's not one of these these people out here that are just putting out rubs and they're not utilizing them in the actual competition portion of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, uh, buy my uh, line of rub right here. It's got my name I'm on winning it. everywhere, and they're not actually using that. But he's using it at the restaurant. He's using it as he's doing his competition cooking, I guarantee you he's using it in the backyard when he's cooking, throwing down them steaks. That's right. Yeah, so definitely go check out uh, TexasOilDust.com. Check out his stuff. And if you want to check out anything from Grab Him in the Brisket, uh, go to GrabTheBrisket.com. You can find all our links to all of our social medias. Yeah. Find out a little bit more about us. Check out our swag. And uh, yeah. you, can be like, well, you can be like what Brad Orson, where he used to just like, Grab the brisket. Just grab the brisket. <laughs> just, 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 just or you, or you can, or you can not, or do that. not do that. That's fine. Either way. That was so much And keep fun. sending us your uh, barbecue wins and fails. We've had a lot of interviews back-to-back, but once we get back to some of these normal episodes, we're definitely going to be going through some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely it. can and will start winning a what? bottle of rubs. Yeah, yeah. We're ready to, to give out some more. Some more. Suckle Buster. No, <laughs> I can't do it. Can't. Not, Nobody yeah, did. I, I, I stepped on him. Yeah. I didn't get the right. barbecue yeah. fail. Next, I think. It I think next forced. week we'll have one. We'll have another fail. We have a I long list. We, we yeah. need to get through. So, yeah, barbecue fails coming up. Beer reviews coming up, mm-hmm. along with uh, some crazy stories that we come up with. We've got some. Hey, it's been great talking barbecue, you guys. Later, guys. Peace. Thanks, everybody. We've been great. Dang it, Bobby! Just grab the brisket. We'd like to give a special thanks to Suckle Buster's Barbecue Rubs and Sauces, Bonner's Fiesta Spices, Coolie Nation Custom Koozies, Cambro Manufacturing, Yeti Coolers, The Smoke Sheep Barbecue Newsletter, and Dow Strong Knives. We definitely appreciate your support.